0: A Ryanair flight is flying from Greece to Lithuania when they get interrupted. What caused this flight to need to land in Belarus? Welcome back to the Landings Podcast, everybody. I'm Nick.
1: I'm Miranda. And I'm Christy. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. We're... Bur- The Disaster Show.
0: Yes, we are disasters. Where we're disasters and we talk about disasters. (laughs) That sums that up. We'll see you next week.
1: (laughs) Uh, Do we have any patrons to thank? I
0: Uh, I feel like yes. Do
1: we? Uh Uh-oh. I feel like yes.
0: On Thursday, you screamed at me that there was somebody new.
1: Oh, that's right. Thank you to Ian. Thanks. Thanks, Ian. We appreciate your patronage. Oh, and Janice came back.
0: Yes. Janice. Welcome back.
1: Janice. I can't remember. Janice, she Janice, said, went Janice like or Janice. Whatever. Welcome back. I don't, don't mean whatever as in you, you, we shouldn't pronounce your name, right? I just don't remember which one you told us. <laughs> so I apologize. Also, thanks to Lexi for uh, upping your membership. Yeah. We appreciate it. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. So all the... The good stuff If you have recommendations You need to email them to us Please don't do that On like social media and stuff Because we don't Always look at those
0: Yes We will try to get to those If you do But it takes time
1: Yeah So like If you submitted something And we haven't answered you You should email us Yeah I updated it a few days ago But Cough Cough Our friend Leo Cough Cough uh, Keeps submitting more emails <laughs> yeah. So his stuff isn't Up to date anymore But I think we're in October Of 2025 Woo.
0: Yeah, we're catching up
1: Good lord Also, quick disclaimer Um, Sometimes we say not correct facts
0: Uh, That does happen We We try uh, to correct ourselves We do find out about it
1: We had a listener uh, say something about our 200th episode which That we don't know squat about
2: Indonesia Which Um, we don't Yeah, correct
1: And I'm sorry that I tried and it (laughs) didn't work Because I didn't do my research and I shouldn't say anything if I don't know So, if that happens and you know for a fact that it happened, just let us know and we'll edit. Uh, Usually we do it in the same episode. Sometimes it's in the next episode. Depends on when you catch it. Sometimes it's (laughs) months later. Yes. Yes. Like in this case. But thank you for letting us know. Because sometimes we don't know unless you let us know. So we do appreciate it.
0: We appreciate your fact checks and we will do our best to make sure that the correct information gets put in somewhere.
1: Right. That being said, you should check out the newsletter and answer the trivia questions, which is on... The website, if you didn't have it emailed to you this month because you just signed up for it, or you should also check out the merch page and get yourself some merch, or submit a listener story.
0: Yeah, we've you gotten have a couple options. We've gotten a couple stories, and I promise we're also getting caught up on ducks and Patreon.
1: Yes, stuff. Someone emailed us about that too. Page is because Paige is back now. Um, we are. In the process of working on that, so if you haven't gotten your stuff for Patreon yet, please be patient. We will get it to you. We promise. Um, um, it's not getting lost.
0: No, nothing is lost. We do have a list. We just need to get.
1: If you, a if bit it's been up. like six months, you haven't received anything. <laughs> yeah, let, us, let us know. Let us know. But if it's been like I don't know, two or three months, I yes. promise
0: we're we're Some, getting around to
1: sometimes it. Sometimes we just do a big chunk all at once, and it's a little bit later than uh, we normally would because we have to ship those out individually. So
0: yes, it does take time. Yes. to do to put everything together. We and also had to wait for some stuff to get ordered, reordered yes. we and we had to order delivered. some stuff. So. so some of that stuff has just arrived and we can put kits together again. Yes. So.
1: And uh, if you want ducks, go to our website. We got um the form at the bottom of the homepage. You can get yourself some signed ducks.
2: Could we update that to have a multiple choice of I just want the 3
1: or the full staff? Yeah. When am I going to do that? <laughs> great question yeah uh, i would love to answer that yeah. uh if someone would remind me tomorrow i'll bring my laptop and i could do it tomorrow but yes hopefully by the time you hear this it will be done if not uh someone yell at me that's right kindly <laughs> or not kindly it's okay i'll t- i i work with middle schoolers i can take it yeah <laughs> okay i think that's all the ha- housekeeping
0: okay what are we covering today nick today we are covering ryan air flight 4978 also known as Buzz Forty Nine Seventy Eight.
2: Is it referred to that often?
0: No, we'll talk about that.
2: Thank you to Connor for recommending this. Yeah, thanks. this 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 is um. If you know anything about this flight,
0: this is a weird one. It's You're weird doing something very different <clears throat> because this is not a traditional.
2: It's not a crash. No, it's not <clears throat> an accident,
0: and it involves some discussions because.
2: I'm glad we mentioned that we, when when referring to things that are not necessarily aviation related, there is the potential for us to make mistakes in our facts. Yes. This episode is going to be prone
0: to that. And be aware, too, that there's a lot of misinformation around this because facts were very hard to find. What we used for this was the ICAO report that was a fact-finding report. So their whole job was an investigative team put together to find the actual facts in this incident. And that proved to be very challenging. Even within the report, there's a lot of areas where they say possibly, probably, maybe, perhaps, things like that. Because they don't know for sure. So take everything with a grain of salt. But this was recent. This happened on May 23rd of 2021. This was a 737-800 with the tail number Sierra Papa-Romeo Sierra Mike, which is a Polish registration. And I know if you, for those in Europe, they probably better understand Ryanair and its subsidiaries. But if you're familiar with Ryanair and you don't live in Europe, you have some vague idea. You're probably thinking, but wait, Ryanair is Irish. Why is that registration Polish. Well, Buzz is a Polish subsidiary, own wholly owned subsidiary of Ryanair. This airplane was painted in, in the Ryanair scheme, but was the tickets were sold and marketed as Buzz. Okay. It's a weird thing. They do the same thing with Malta Air and a couple other weird subsidiaries.
2: Didn't we technically take Malta?
0: Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Sure did. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. So, they have registrations actually all over the place, all over Europe for the different subsidiaries. This one was transferred amongst different parts of Ryanair for a while and eventually ended up with the Buzz subsidiary with a Polish registration. This was a flight from Athens in Greece to Vilnius in Lithuania. There is big fat zero crew information for this. Solid. And that's because this crew is still flying. Yes. They also didn't really have a whole lot to do with anything. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but the crew information does not change anything about this. Be it that this crew is still operating, of course, there's a lot of anonymity with that. The aircraft and crew had flown from Vilnius to Athens already and were turning around to head back. So they were on the return leg. 126 passengers and six crew boarded the flight to head to Vilnius. Where is that? Lithuania. Okay. I'm sure you said that. Yes, it's okay. The flight departed Athens at 1029 a.m. local time. The scheduled flight time was to be 2 hours and 35 minutes. The takeoff climb and cruise were normal. The flight climbed initially to flight level 380 or 38,000 feet and later was adjusted to flight level 390 or 39,000 feet. We're going to jump all the way ahead now to where everything starts taking place. This will, will this will get confusing. I mean, not not too bad, but you're gonna have a lot of questions. The aircraft crossed into Belarusian airspace just after 12:30 p.m. local time.
2: And this is the point at which several people go, "Oh, you're covering that one.
0: Yeah, yes, we are. They're flying into Belarus in 2021. Do the math, Do the math. 12:30 p.m. and 49 seconds, the flight was contacted by the air traffic controller in the Belarusian airspace, informing them that there was a bomb on board that would detonate when they flew over Vilnius. Who said that? It was the air traffic controller. informed them.
1: How did How did
0: they know that? We'll talk about that. Oh, did wait. You talk a about it. I only talk about what they actually said. Oh, we'll get we'll get it with just just let me do it because I talk about it as if you would have talked about it. I kind of do. Okay. I don't talk about at length because it is a very debated thing. However, I do talk about a little bit and we can discuss it, too. Okay. so, of course, this got the crew's attention. They began looking through the company's standard operating procedures on board on what to do when presented with a possible bomb threat. 12.31 12.31 p.m. and 42 seconds, almost a minute later, after being told by air traffic control that there was a bomb on board, the air traffic controller contacted the flight again and instructed, quote, for security reasons, we recommend you land at Uniform Mike, Mike Sierra, end quote, the airport at Minsk in Belarus. This is Minsk. The flight crew then attempted to contact their company operational control center, but was unable to due to limitations of the company's radio while the aircraft was airborne. hmm They were trying to contact the company operational radio in, in Villeneuve.
2: But it has a limitation of 20 to 30 miles. Yes. And they are outside that.
0: Yes, they are. 12.32 p.m. and 59 seconds, the flight crew then requested from the air traffic controller where the threat came from. If it was from Villeneuve or if it was from Greece, to which the controller responded, quote, This email was shared to dot, 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 several airports.
1: Okay. End quote. But so, hold on. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Shared with several airports, my...
0: It actually was.
2: This was found to be
0: factually true. The trivial. ICAO did find that the email was sent to multiple airports. Did
1: they do that to cover their butts?
0: We'll talk about that later <laughs> on. <laughs> There's a lot of contentious I, things I'm just, here.
1: I'm, here's why I say that to the people who are like, what the hell is she talking about? Um, If you knew what happened... You realize that 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 I won't say it because it, I'm going to give it away, but mm-hmm. I'm confused as to why they would send it to multiple airports unless it was to cover their butts.
0: I think it was to cover their butt. Yes. I think a lot of people would agree with you. However, they can't prove any of that. And nor is it the ICAO's job. However. No.
2: No. The ICA... Nor were they given
0: help. Right. We will talk about why the ICAO is involved here later on when we get toward the, the end of this. But keep going. We'll just keep rolling here. We'll talk about this email thing in a little while. Do you have the email script? No. No? Okay. Do you? I can. The email is kind of vague. Specific and vague at the same time. So we'll talk about the, the, the email in a little bit. 12.34 p.m. and 49 seconds. The flight then requested from the air traffic controller any frequency that was available at their current range to talk to the company operations in Villeneuve. If there was a different frequency, if there was some way they could contact Ryanair. Right. The air traffic controller then tried getting a frequency from villain use operations, which took quite some time, actually. When I say quite some time, I'm talking like five minutes, which when they're sitting there having asked a question and they're like.
2: Hello? Worried about a
0: bomb on board now. they're They're wanting to talk to their company and they're just floating along, not having any response. So five minutes later, at 12.39 p.m. and 30 seconds, the flight requested from the air traffic controller if there was any update on this request. The air traffic controller advised the flight to stand by. 12.39 p.m. and 57 seconds, the flight requested the IATA airport code for the recommended diversion airport, again, being Minsk. The air traffic controller then advised of the Minsk code, which the IATA code is Mike Sierra Quebec, MSQ. 12.41 p.m. and 58 seconds. The flight asks the air traffic controller to clarify where the recommendation to divert to Minsk came from. This is important, by the way. If it was from the company, the departure airport authorities, the arrival airport authorities, or to which place did this recommendation to divert to Minsk come from? Okay. Why were they suddenly being recommended to go there? Right. The air traffic controller responded, quote, quote, was our recommendation, end quote.
2: They are also the Minsk. Air Area Control Center. Yes, they
0: are. Yes, they are. 12.42 p.m. and 49 seconds, the air traffic controller advised of a frequency for ground operations at Villeneuve for Ryanair, but the flight responded that they already had the same frequency and nobody was responding on it. It's the same one that they had already tried, but due to the limitations, they couldn't reach. So that was... uh, Pointless. Yeah. Dead in the water. That took seven minutes. 12.44 p.m. and 38 seconds, the air traffic controller asked the flight to advise their decision on diverting. The flight crew requested the color code of the threat level. This is also kind of an important detail. So within bomb threats to aircraft and such, there are, we'll call it, standardized ways of coding how serious the threat is. And there are certain criteria that have to be met for the the bomb threat to be considered credible, and then to be considered very serious. These range from green, yellow, amber, and red.
2: Well, yellow and amber are the same. Yes. It's just different terminology, airline to airline.
0: Right. In this case, it's green, amber, and red. So so this little key moment of asking about the color code is important for a few reasons. But I'll get into it. Yeah, that's a discussion for later because there's some skepticism here. At twelve forty five PM and nine seconds, the air traffic controller responded, quote, they say code is red, end quote.
2: So so we like serious.
0: Yeah, that's that's like serious serious. Yeah. The flight crew responded, quote, in that case, we request holding at present position, end quote, which the air traffic controller approved. The flight had missed the top of their descent by this point to make it into villain use. They were nearing Lithuanian airspace, but had not began their descent yet from cruising altitude. The air traffic controller at Minsk informed Vilnius air traffic control that the flight was holding at its current position over Belarus. The flight entered a right turn holding pattern to determine what to do next per their company's standard operating procedures. 12.47 p.m. and 12 seconds, the flight declared a mayday. So this is about two minutes later. Declared a mayday and advised the air traffic controller, quote, our intentions would be to divert to Minsk, end quote. So now they're telling him we're, we're going to Minsk. This is a very key thing, by the way. We'll talk about that later on, too. But that statement is probably the biggest thing that brought this whole situation under fire. The air traffic controller acknowledged the Mayday call. Over the next 10 minutes, the flight was given descent clearances, routing, and weather avoidance instructions. 12.47 p.m. and 34 seconds, the flight selected squat code 7700 for a general emergency. 12.48 p.m., Ryanair operations was alerted that the flight declared an emergency via Flight Radar 24.
1: Hmm. You might know, this is a little late in the game. Yeah, not Mm -hmm. great. Definitely not great.
0: Yeah, Ryanair suddenly got this notification that an airplane, from Flight Radar, that an airplane was squawking an emergency code, and it was one of theirs, and they were like, whoa, 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 what? What the heck? Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? Simultaneously, the flight requested a clearance down to 10,000 feet, the air traffic controller approved this and the flight initiated a rapid descent where the aircraft could be depressurized to minimize the effect of any possible detonation. So, yeah, there's Good two call. reasons. Yeah, there's two reasons that we would do a rapid descent to 10,000 feet. One, the airplane already is depressurizing, or two, you've got a serious bomb threat gonna on board. They're going to go
1: boom, boom. Yeah.
0: And in order to minimize the effect on the pressure vessel, you descend to 10,000 feet and depressurize. Right. So, they do it very rapidly. Multiple Ryanair operations centers in Ireland and Warsaw tried to get more information about the nature of the emergency and diversion. After contacting Vilnius ATC and Ground Ops, they were informed of the bomb threat. So they finally figured out what was going on. 12.55 p.m., Minsk initiated the emergency procedures, deploying airport fire and rescue services, as well as notifying the Air Force and the Air Defense Force's command center for Belarus.
1: So, to say this... I already know what's gonna happen. Right.
0: But kind of. I,
1: I, I not exactly not exactly. But my question is, did the airport know beforehand exactly what was going on?
0: That is a political enigma.
1: Because to me, if they had all this emergency response, mm-hmm. then my answer would most likely be no. They just thought that there was a bomb on board.
0: Right. Whether but. or not Whether or not that's true I have no idea Nor does anybody Really know Awesome Okay We don't know who knows what Okay Here Okay Okay Again it's kind. This is all kind of a political enigma happening
1: I know Some people are like What the hell I still don't get it Like I don't yeah. You'll see in a second If you're
0: not following it's okay This will all make a little bit of but sense But if you know what
1: happens You're probably on the same wavelength That I am on Okay <laughs>
0: Yep. Ryanair was never notified during the alert phase by Belarus authorities, Belarusian authorities. So
1: that's a no bueno, right?
0: Yeah. So when they're going through this whole phase of a- initiating the alert, which means getting the Air Force involved and getting the Air Force Defense Center involved and getting the fire and rescue involved and everything, they never made a call to the airline themselves to there say, is Your so airplane. There is so
1: much screwed up with in. the alert. I will get into that. Yeah.
0: There's yeah, a lot that's
1: really there. no bueno.
0: Yeah. 12.57 p.m. and 12 seconds, the air traffic controller instructed the flight to contact Minsk Approach. The flight acknowledged and switched frequency. Minsk Approach provided further descent clearances and radar vectors for weather avoidance. There was some weather in the area. The air traffic controller then gave vectors to set up for an ILS or instrument landing system approach to runway 31 right at Minsk. The air traffic controller then requested if any assistance will be required on arrival... The flight responded and requested info on a parking location. The air traffic controller replied, quote, Yes, we have special area, end quote.
2: Okay, that most airports have a special area. Yeah,
0: they actually do. They've designated things for this. 1.04 p.m. and 14 seconds, the flight asked the air traffic controller, quote, If our company was informed about this case, dot, 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 about this event, question mark, end quote. They're literally just asking the air traffic controller. Did
1: you tell Ryanair that this is going on?
0: Did Ryanair get informed? Right. Were they notified? The, air traffic the controller... answer
1: should have been yes.
0: Well, the air traffic controller responded, quote, we will try to pass information to your company during five minutes. What? End quote. Yeah. So at one twelve p.m. and 35 seconds, which is eight minutes later, the flight was cleared for the ILS approach to 3-1-right. And the flight was instructed to contact the Minsk Tower. 1.12 p.m. and 48 seconds, the flight reported being established on the ILS. The air traffic controller then cleared the flight to land. 1.15 p.m., the flight landed normally on runway 31 right at Minsk. One minute later at 3.16 p.m. and 9 seconds, the flight was instructed to vacate the runway on taxiway Mike 2 and contact the ground controller. 1.17 p.m. and 51 seconds, the flight was instructed to follow the Follow Me vehicle, which there, these exist at most commercial airports on the planet.
2: It literally says... Follow me.
0: Yes. Usually some form of vehicle with a big giant follow me board on the back of it. The flight then requested further information on whether the company was informed about the situation.
1: (laughs) Which they have a right to do. Yes. It's like, hey, if we have a bomb on board, this is a problem. They should know.
0: Right. The ground controller responded, quote, yes, affirmative, end quote. But did they? The flight asked if the company had any message for the flight, and the air traffic controller said that, quote, did still not have any additional message, end quote. The flight requested the same information two more times at one twenty-six p.m. and 24 seconds and one twenty-nine p.m. and 18 seconds, and the air traffic controller told them, quote, if you ask me about your company representative, I don't have any information about him, end quote. No. Feels strange, right?
1: Yeah, it's fishy. Mm-hmm. It's very, 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 very fishy.
0: Yes. So, let's talk about onboard the aircraft During all of this, on board the aircraft before landing. Due to the nature of of the event, the cabin crew was not given any proper amount of time to do a thorough cabin search of their own before landing. The cabin crew prepared for an emergency landing and followed procedures for a bomb threat while preparing for the landing. They actually have procedures given to them in the event that there's a reported bomb on board that they're supposed to follow. The captain had made an announcement in the cabin to inform the passengers that they were diverting to Minsk for security issues. While the cabin crew was preparing for landing, one of the passengers stood up and shouted to one of the cabin crew that he could not land in Minsk as, quote, I'm wanted there, they'll kill me, end quote. Are
1: you starting to get it now?
0: Yeah. They tried to calm the panic-stricken passenger down and reported the incident to the flight deck about 10 minutes before they landed. After the aircraft parked and the engines were shut down, authorities arrived at the aircraft and entered the cabin, like right away. Two people, Roman, uh, I'm going to butcher this so bad, Protesevich. Yeah. And his girlfriend, Sofia Sapega, were removed from the aircraft and taken into custody immediately. One of those being the passenger who stood up.
1: Yeah, I'm wanted there and they will kill me.
0: Yes. A quote-unquote thorough search of the aircraft found no evidence of a bomb anywhere on the aircraft. At that point, it was clear that the flight diversion had been used as a tool. Yeah, yeah. While on the ground, the rest of the passengers and crew went two and a half hours in the aircraft without being allowed food, water, or bathroom use, while 50 to 60 security officers carried out the search of the aircraft. After seven hours on the ground in Minsk, the flight was finally able to depart again and head to Vilnius, arriving eight and a half hours late. I imagine the crew was over duty time, but I have a feeling they didn't care. I have a feeling they just wanted to be out of there. This event captured the attention of the media and governments around the globe very quickly. As a matter of fact, pretty much as soon as the airplane was in Belarus. Yeah. There was already reporting in the news about an airplane having landed in Belarus for some strange reason.
1: I remember. Mm -hmm. I remember. Also, the audacity. Yes. The audacity for you to... Send an email that says this plane has a bomb on it because you know there's people who are wanted and make them land and then leave those passengers who have nothing to do with your plot on that airplane without food, without water, while you search for a make-believe bomb is ridiculous.
2: Okay. I will go into more detail as to why the whole thing is ridiculous. Um, do what? we want to discuss now the importance of Protasevich?
0: We could talk about that in the second part. But we should talk about the email. Yes. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me pull it up. The story portion of this is quite long, but here it is. I am quoting this. Don't use any snippet of this for anything nefarious, I ask you, because this is what it reads. Quote, we soldiers demand that Israel cease fire in the Gaza Strip. We demand that the European Union abandon Israel. It's support for Israel in this war. We know that the participants of Delphi Economic Forum are returning home on May 23rd via flight FR-4978. A bomb was planted onto this aircraft. If you don't meet our demands, the bomb will explode on May 23rd over quote.
1: That's horribly timed. Should we be recording this? So Well, it has nothing to do with the actual issue. That is just yes. the farce that they used to get the plane to land. Right. Oh, God. If we God. choose to
0: remove maybe the mm, parts of this message that are really poorly timed right now, we'll say. Go and read it for yourself and you'll understand. At the time, mind you, there wasn't an all-out true, like, ground war happening. No. But... Not like now. You will read it and understand. However, all of that still sounded a little mm, strange. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh,
2: I did know that's what the email said. That's
0: what the email said.
1: It makes my stomach hurt. Right? I'm queasy. That's horrifying. Why do we always end up planning this stuff at the wrong
0: time? (laughs) Why do we do this? Let me put it this way. There's never a right time for some things. This is one of those things.
2: Uh, maybe we should have recorded this, I don't know, like before October
0: 7th? We wouldn't have known that.
2: I know. Um, I hate this.
1: I'm, uh, mm, yep. Words. Words. Feelings. 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 Big feelings. Uh, big, big, not great feelings. Uh,
2: I'm keeping my mouth shut. I have a lot of big feelings. Agreed. I don't know how to process those right now. Uh, so we're gonna take a break.
0: Yeah, we're gonna take a break.
2: <laughs> so and, I can go uh, process some feelings and be back with a, a, the the fact finding analysis. Yes.
1: I didn't process my feelings. I don't think any of us did. All right, Christy, please tell us the ridiculousness. Uh, poop and stuff. Well, but let's let's recap. So, airplane fly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> goes over Belarus gets a message from Belarus ATC that yo yo you got a bomb on board you should land at, at MISC. and they're like are you sure they're like well yeah and they're like uh we're uh, abundantly sure okay so they land and then they just take two passengers off that were wanted in Belarus yep. looked for a fake bomb for several hours and then had the plane fly to it gets its worse. destination
2: <sighs> okay this fact finding investigation was performed by the ICAO That's about the only normal thing about my... anything. Yep. The first section they analyzed was the initial bomb threat information. Emails were received by four airports, one of which was the Minsk airport. The email to the Minsk airport was not given to investigators because the airport's Department of Cybersecurity and Information Technology only stored messages for that email address for seven days before they're overwritten.
1: That seems like some Cold War Just Uh,
2: saying! Uh, I think that's a load of... BS? Caca de toro?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, okay. The investigators were given a screenshot, but not the actual email, so they could not analyze the metadata of the email, you know, to determine- From whence it, it came. Where it came from. Yeah. yeah. Um, After the email was received, multiple telephone calls transpired between airport personnel and Minsk ACC personnel. But the records of these calls, such as the phone numbers, times, and durations, were not made available to the investigators due to the Belarusian constitution providing legal privacy protections to its citizens. We in the U.S. don't have such protections during terrorism investigations due to a little thing called the Patriot Act.
1: Yeah. 9-11, anybody?
2: Yeah. Uh, I hate this, all of this. So, no, they have no
1: call logs anything useful so they can't figure out where the email came from and what was talked about nope no which is even more fishy just saying yeah then there's how this information was
2: relayed to the incident flight Per the ICAO, if an aircraft is subjected to unlawful interference, the pilot in command should land as soon as practicable at the nearest aerodrome or at a dedicated aerodrome assigned by the appropriate authority, unless considerations aboard the aircraft dictate otherwise. During situations of unlawful interference, ATC is to provide maximum consideration, assistance, and priority to the aircraft in question and are also to relay any pertinent information to the aircraft. The area surveillance controller worked almost exclusively on this aircraft and did indeed give it top priority. But they did not relay all pertinent information as required. No, they didn't. They were not told that the bomb threat came in an email or that it specifically referenced that flight or when the email came in, who sent it or why that flight was targeted. This information would have helped the crew in their decision making, but instead they were given vague phrases like security services or security reasons instead of being specific. They were also not informed that the bomb threat was credible, nor the basis for that assessment. An assessment made solely by the Minsk Area Control Center duty supervisor and senior ATC staff and no other external consultant. Mm-hmm. They did not consult law enforcement. To determine if it's a credible threat. That's
1: yep. that's how I know. There is, they knew there was Red no flag. bomb on this point. Red flag. Ma'am.
2: Ma'am. Sir. Sir. <laughs> Sir. Although Minsk ACC was correct in relaying that multiple bomb threat emails were received by different airports, investigators couldn't figure out how the Minsk controllers could have known that. <gasps> the
1: plot thickens. You're so right. How would they know that other airports got that email?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't even think about that, unless they're the ones who sent the email. (gasps)
2: Bump, bump, bump. That's speculation. Don't come at me.
0: Don't come at me. Again, there's so much misinformation about this whole thing. We just don't know. We just don't know. This is as close
2: to conspiracy theories as we're ever going to get. Yeah. Investigators went on to detail how things should happen regarding Ryanair's Operational Control Center and what did happen. In an ideal world, not only would the threat be communicated with the aircraft, but the information would also be relayed to the Ryanair Operational Control Center, or OCC. The OCC would then evaluate the threat and its credibility. Mind you, the airline would evaluate the threat and its credibility. Yep. Not the ATC controller. Right. The airline. And then determine the risk level, green, amber, or red. That designation would determine how the flight crew would proceed. The flight crew in the situation was unable to reach the OCC as the radio frequency, you know, 20, 30 miles, all that jazz. As such, they asked the Minsk Area Control Center what the code of the threat was, green, yellow or amber or red. And Minsk ACC replied, they say code is red. Who? And the flight crew treated the situation as a threat accordingly. But the OCC never knew the extent of the security risk and never said it was red. Oh, boy. In fact, when they got all the information after the fact, they said they would not have classified the situation as red and the flight
1: never would have landed at Minsk. See, this just proves this was a manipulation. Yeah. Complete and utter manipulation. They knew exactly what to say to get the airplane to land exactly where they wanted to to get this person on board. Investigators went into the options
2: provided to the flight crew or rather the option. The Minsk Area Control Center only provided Minsk as an option when both international as well as Belarusian regulations state that air traffic control must provide information about all aerodromes suitable for diversion, including what facilities and services they provide. Instead, they only suggested Minsk when there were, in fact, other options. It just keeps getting worse. Yeah, it really Uh does.
0: and I hate it. Again, take everything with a grain of salt, but when they're doing this fact-finding information, they're literally only pulling the little bits of information they can actually get. Mm -hmm. There's so much information they don't have that in situations like this, they can't disprove enough things either. Prove or disprove enough things.
2: It feels sketch. Investigators then further went into air traffic control communications with other air traffic services and rescue coordination centers. Per international regulations, if an aircraft is known or believed to be the subject of unlawful interference, it is considered to be within the alert phase. An ATC needs to notify rescue coordination centers and other relevant air traffic control of this emergency phase and should include the nature of the emergency, significant information from the flight plan, action being taken, etc. Belarus regulations go on to further say that this notification must be made within five minutes of the emergency phase being determined. This determination of emergency phase was not made until 19 minutes after air traffic control was made aware of the threat and 16 minutes after the duty supervisor determined it to be a credible threat. Furthermore, the official notification to be sent to other air traffic control and rescue coordination centers called an ALR message was never sent.
1: So they violated their own rules.
2: Yep. Instead, the Mi- the Minsk ACC duty supervisor relayed the information to the Belarus rescue coordination center, which then sent out a national automated telephone notification to fifteen different Belarusian entities. But this still didn't notify any nearby non-Belarusian air traffic control rescue coordination centers or the f- airline.
0: Yep. Yeah, they just weren't doing their job. And. It's, this is one of those things that it's basically impossible to prove whether or not they were doing that on purpose.
1: Like, it makes me wonder if they did do this on purpose, right? This is speculation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to say that 50 more times. Mm-hmm. But if they knew they were violating all these rules, did they think it wouldn't get looked at?
2: Dude, I don't know.
1: I. My question is, is if this was your master plan, right? Yeah. You were like, oh, we're going to get away with it, right? Mm-hmm. How did you did you think that through all the way? Like I feel like you didn't think that through all the way. If right. you thought that the ICAO or anyone anyone would look at this and go, What the hell is going on? Yeah. And then not investigate. Hmm. Let me keep mm-hmm. going.
2: In fact, there was no evidence that anyone from Belarus tried to contact the airline. There was evidence in both telephone recordings and transcripts that the Ryanair Operations control center tried multiple times to get information on the diverted aircraft, but didn't get anything until hours after it had landed at Minsk. Yeah. Okay, so now we're all, uh, now the analysis is on the ground, and it's time to get the off this plane, right? So thirty minutes later, passengers finally disembarked the plane. Wow, such emergency, very urgent. Ten out of ten.
1: Yeah, definite bomb on board. Totally getting everyone off within nine minutes. 90 seconds, no, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah, 30 minutes is totally 90 seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah, right?
1: 30 minutes is the new 90 seconds. This was because passengers were told to disembark in groups of five so as
2: to not overload the explosive detection dogs that's not a phrase I thought I would say today that were screening their cabin baggage. Such urgent, very dangerous. Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: That is the most BS thing I've ever heard in my entire life. They're trained to ignore people that don't have explosives on them. But we don't want to overload them with too many people at once.
2: Okay. And they're being scanned by the dogs as like at the bottom of the ramp.
1: Big plane go boom boom.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Get the hell out of there. Like that's the thought that should be. Really? They really didn't think this through, did they? Oh my God.
2: Quote, the cabin crew queried. Say that five times fast. But if there was a suspected security threat, all passengers and crew should disembark as quickly as possible. The Minsk Airport Control Dispatcher explained that airport procedures take precedence. What? That's what? <laughs> and passengers will only be permitted to disembark in groups of five. Notwithstanding the above, the Minsk Airport Control Dispatcher stated that the instruction to disembark in groups of five came from the crew.
1: End quote. <gasps> the audacity. <laughs> The audacity to blame the crew. Are yeah, right? you
0: kidding me? <gasps> so, <sighs> this is why I said earlier, like, this is one of those things, like, this is was one of those really key moments throughout the whole thing when the captain said that they intended to divert to Minsk. Because then, from then on, they were able to use the defense of saying, well, it was the captain's decision to come to Minsk. Ooh, it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Because technically, yes, but also,
1: it wasn't his decision to get five people off at a goddamn see, time.
0: Well, you can see how the whole thing, the whole situation, felt provoked, though, into him going uh-huh. to Minsk when they told him. Well, it's a, a code red without any foundation for that, and by
2: not the way. providing any other airports as options. Right,
0: that felt really loaded, and actually, the crew. Thought that at the same time because you you might have noticed there's a couple of times that the captain questioned them. Yes. Thinking, mm, I don't like that. Something doesn't feel right here.
1: Something's a little fishy.
0: Something's a little fishy. He was trying to do the right thing, of course, in a quick decision-making process because, of course, it's an airplane. If there is a airborne. bomb on
1: board, yeah. If there is a bomb on board, we don't right. want. You know, we need to get people off as fast as possible. Right. In thirty minutes.
2: That wasn't their fault. The crew, on the other hand, reported being told by Minsk Airport ground personnel that one crew member had to stay on board while the search of the aircraft was conducted. So the pilot in command remained on board while the first officer and the cabin crew disembarked after the passengers. On the other hand, the Minsk Airport Control dispatcher stated that the decision to leave one crew member on board was a decision by the crew.
1: Again, the audacity. Oh, my God. Yep. Dude, OK, I, we're going to get into real kind of semi-political territory here and there's mm-hmm. no way to get around that right like that we can't but like you've rights right
2: i and, reserve the right to not be on a plane that
1: potentially has a bomb on board and uh you reserve the right to be like no <laughs> and what are you going to do pick me up and put me on it i don't know i <sighs> in
0: total
2: in total the parking brakes were set at 124 local and the passengers were finally brought to the terminal at 221 local Mm-hmm. that is not acceptable. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Internal Affairs performed the cabin search. You're doing a cabin search for a... for A firm. Um, how long do you think you should uh search the cabin? As quickly as possible so
1: that you can get the hell off if there is one. But if but you're being thorough, you should, you know, be looking for a while, yeah?
2: You I should mean, look yeah, through everything.
1: Everything. Bags, luggage in the hole. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. The
2: cabin search took 18 minutes. And the pilot in command stated that the search team was not thorough and omitted areas that would have been covered under normal procedures.
1: That was stupid to have him be on (laughs) the plane. They screwed up when they did that. Dude, seriously, did they not think people wouldn't look into this? I'm so confused.
0: I think they got to the point where they didn't care. Apparently not. They had to do the bare minimum to get away with this. And then there was a whole level of just, we don't care.
1: And, like, what
0: can be done at that point? Right.
1: What what can anyone else do to be like, you f***ed up. This was f- up. You can't do this. You can't mm-hmm. stage something and then, like, no, you can't do that. And yeah. there's, like, no authority to do that. That's f- up.
0: Yeah, it is. The whole thing is just a mess.
1: Are we going to get to how they found out that guy was on the plane?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: because that was one of my questions when you were going through the story. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to shut up because I'm sure we'll get to it later.
0: Well, we'll talk about but him. they
1: had to know he was on the plane.
0: Yeah. So we so, haven't really talked too much about him yet.
2: I'm going – this is all from Wikipedia. It is both from the Ryanair Flight 4978 page as well as the the page dedicated to Roman Pro, prote, Yeah. Protosevich. Protosevich. Yes.
0: And mind you, again, it's Wikipedia. It's not the best of sources as a matter of fact. Nothing but full of propaganda, But these
2: probably. all have citations.
0: Yes, they do. That doesn't mean it's not full of propaganda, because there are opposing viewpoints on this, and you can use both as citations.
2: So, according to sources close to Belarusian op- opposition leader Sviatlana Sikhunouskaya, yep, that's, that's a name, Protasevich noticed that he was under surveillance at the Athens airport. In his messages, he said that a man next to him in line and the checkpoint tried to take photos of his travel documents. Additionally, Taduce Giscan, yep, a member of the Nexta Telegram channel, which was previously edited by Protasevich, said that officers of the KGB had been on the flight and had initiated a fight with the Ryanair crew insisting that there was a bomb on board. That yep. was not confirmed. Right. That's all according to... Hearsay. Yes.
0: Complete hearsay.
2: However, there were three other members who did not get back on the flight when it left to go to its final destination. Mm-hmm. Two of them were Belarusian and one was Greek. There was speculation that these passengers were members of the Belarusian KGB. But Belarusian state television aired a video of three people saying that they had chosen to stay in Minsk. And that they were traveling there anyway and were planning on connecting there from Vilnius.
1: Okay, state television... Not always a great source of information. Not a great source of information, and it can be completely propaganda. so. So in total,
2: five people were not on the aircraft when it departed. Yep. So let me read this section. So upon landing, Roman Protosevich was removed from the aircraft and arrested on the grounds that he was on a Belarus wanted list. His girlfriend, Sofia Sapega, a Russian citizen, was also removed and detained without explanation. She faced three criminal charges, each of which carried sentences of between three and 15 years in prison. It was subsequently sentenced to six years in prison for inciting social enmity and discord and illegally collecting and disseminating information about the private life of an unnamed person without his consent. So, uh, hate that. Yep. Going to Roman's Wikipedia page. Okay, so the day after the arrest, Belarusian state television released a video of Protasevich with dark marks on his forehead in which he stated that he would confess to organizing mass unrest and that he did not have health problems after unconfirmed reports of a heart condition. His father said the video appeared forced and his nose seemed to have been broken. Again, state television. Take it with a grain of salt. Allies of his said that the video is how Roman looks under physical and moral pressure. Um, The... Vyasna Human Rights Center and other Belarusian human rights organizations named him a political prisoner in a joint statement and demanded his immediate release. Amnesty International called for the release of him and his girlfriend, saying their arrest is arbitrary and unlawful and its circumstances are nothing short of horrifying. Leading further on, there was basically um, suspicions that he was tortured, Mm -hmm. which his family believes the confession was made under duress and independent experts noticed numerous marks apparently caused by physical force on his hands and a state of mental breakdown. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko said he was not opposed to him being interrogated by investigators from the rebel republics involved in the Donbass war against Ukraine as it had happened on Belarusian soil. He was declared as interrogated. What nationality was he?
0: He's from Belarus.
2: Is he Belarusian? Mm -hmm. Yep. Born in Minsk. So he was detained, tried, and was convicted and sentenced to eight years in prison on charges, including plotting a coup. However, on May 22nd, 2023, he was pardoned.
0: Which is wild, but also, that is also a political move in and of itself. We're (sighs) we're not going to get too deep into that, but there's reasons for that. They determined that at some point, that is not, you've got to pick your battles, right? Yep. And that's not the battle worth fighting anymore. They proved their point.
1: So Yeah, you stage a coup, you get tortured and put in jail. Right.
0: Well, quote-unquote, you stage a coup. Really, he was just an opposition leader.
2: Right.
1: There were reports leaked that he
2: testified against Sapega, his former girlfriend, in order to receive either a reduced sentence or a presidential pardon. According to media, she was handed to the Vladivostok authorities to be transferred. In May of 2023, Protasevich's mother returned from Poland to Belarus, and in an interview, he declared that he would definitely not plan to connect his life with politics. Wow.
0: Backed off for good.
2: In June, President Lukashenko spoke out as to why he pardoned Protosevich, and he said to the media that he had pardoned him because this guy made everything he promised to save his life or to not go to jail. He confessed that he had done wrong. Lukashenko explained that also because Protosevich had not killed anyone and was not at any front, he decided to pardon him. He was assigned conditions to his pardon, including a mandatory report to his supervisor, report of his residence, and prohibition of leaving Belarus. Wow. Um, He was formally removed from the list of terrorists by the Lukashenko government in July of 2023. Oh my gosh. He he has since uh, married another woman.
0: Yep. I don't want to dive too deep into the politics because, again, it's not our politics. It's not our place to say there's so much misinformation. There's so many things we just don't know. I'm not going to take sides. I really want to take a side, Nick. I there's really want to take a side. Believe me, I get that.
1: Here, okay, so here's part of the reason why. Uh, Sapega has also been pardoned by Lukashenko, by the mm-hmm.
0: way.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I realize our countries are very different, right? Mm-hmm. In the U.S., this you can't do that.
0: Yeah. Straight up. We're, you, we're a democracy with a lot of checks and balances.
1: Right. And so you can't make forcibly make something land unless there's a reason. And there's we'll repercussions. we talk about that in a minute. Yeah.
0: Because there actually are in this case, too.
1: There's repercussions for things like this. You can't take someone's rights away. Yep. Period. Right. You can't. And uh, obviously, in this case, the rules are different. Mm-hmm. But in order for them to do that, they had to manipulate the plane on the ground because they can't do anything if he's in the air. Right. He was just flying over Belarus, right? right? Going to a different country. Yep. And so the fact that they had to manipulate the situation so yep. they got what they wanted Yep. is super screwed up.
0: So there was reports that there was a MiG that had intercepted the airplane and forced it to land. That actually proved not to be true. They actually even have data from the aircraft that proved it never intercepted the nope. 737.
2: The crew was never aware that it was there.
0: No. And as a matter of fact...
2: There were no threats made.
0: Belarus, the only thing they ever said about it, and this may or may not be true, whether or not it is or not, doesn't. it actually in the, in the end doesn't matter because it never intercepted. But they said that the aircraft was there to relay communications in the event that They had poor comms. They were basically a relay. They were a middle piece to this. So they were listening into the whole communications and would pass messages along if they needed to. However, whether or not that's true, we don't know. It was never part of the situation, really, but it did end up being part of the miscommunications, and Lukashenko actually had to address this specifically because there were so many originally— there was so much misinformation, so much um, uproar, basically, throughout the world about the fact that they would send a jet to intercept Yeah. An airplane, but it didn't actually happen because they knew that that could be a political problem.
2: Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to read a section from the Wikipedia page verbatim. This is entitled EU Economic Sanctions. The Lithuanian cabinet banned all flights to and from Lithuania flying through Belarusian airspace, effective May 25th. British Transport Secretary Grant Shops instructed the Civil Aviation Authority to request that British airlines avoid Belarusian airspace. Belavia, which is the uh, flag carrier for Belarus, had been flying into Gatwick prior to the incident. And now they weren't able to. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, that's a word or a name I know how to pronounce, instructed the government to halt air traffic with Belarus. The EU held a meeting of leaders on May 24th, 2021 in Brussels. Yep. Before the meeting, Lithuanian president, that's a name, called for the EU to (laughs) impose fresh economic sanctions on Belarus. Calls were made by eight countries for flights over and to Belarus to be banned. Another suggestion was that ground traffic be banned from entering the EU from Belarus. At the meeting, it was agreed upon to prohibit EU-based airlines from flying through Belarusian airspace, ban Belarusian carriers from flying into EU airspace, and to implement a fresh round of sanctions.
1: Damn, you just got
2: yourself grounded. On May May 26th, the EU and the EU Aviation Safety Agency issued directives formally halting European airlines from flying over Belarusian airspace. The US and the EU announced plans to impose punitive sanctions targeting key members of Lukashenko's government. In early June, Germany briefly stopped issuing flight permits to airlines from Russia for flights to Germany after two Lufthansa flights were not issued permits to fly into Russia. On June 24th, 2021, the EU banned Belarusian airlines from its airspace along with economic sanctions. On June 9th, the United States government announced it would implement new sanctions on Belarus. The United States, European Union, United Kingdom, and Canada issued a joint statement on June 21st announcing further sanctions against members and supporters of the Belarusian government, as well as Belarusian state-owned companies. These included individual travel bans, asset freezes, and other sanctions. Further measures taken were EU dual-use goods and technologies export bans to Belarus, as well as trade bans on petroleum products, potassium chloride for the Belarusian potash industry, and goods used for the production of tobacco products. Following the EU sanctions, Belarus accused the EU states of instigating the 2021-2022 Belarus-EU border crisis, which
0: has a whole Wikipedia page of its own. Yep, don't even need to get into that.
2: In early November 2021, the head of the Department of Aviation of the Belarusian Ministry of Transportation and Communications, aptly named Artem Sikorsky, stated that the EU sanctions cost the country about $10 million in lost opportunities every month. Sikorsky called on Russia and other Eurasian Union members to respond collectively to aviation extremism from Western countries and to accelerate the creation of a unified aviation administration for all Eurasian countries. During the same press conference, he recalled the intention to challenge the EU sanctions in international courts. He lost.
1: Yeah, because when you pull like this, you don't have the upper hand.
0: No. Sorry,
2: I misread. That word, the Belarusian state-owned enterprise responsible for regulating airspace and providing air traffic control, please don't ask me to say it, that's a... Uh, was sanctioned by the EU, challenged it in court, and lost.
0: <laughs> you will find that Belarus is a very little flown-over country now. Same with it's, Russia. Yes, there's the, and, and Ukraine. All three of the airlines are just... Straight up avoiding.
1: So another... Well, for now, it's very good reason.
0: Unless, of course, they're Russian or Belarusian carriers, in which case...
1: They go
2: him. Some more stuff I'm reading. Legal investigation. On May 23rd, 2021, the Lithuanian Public Prosecutor's Office opened a pretrial investigation under the Criminal Code articles for hijacking an aircraft and treatment of persons prohibited under international law. Because the aircraft is registered in Poland and subject to Polish law, on May 24th, the Prosecutor General of Poland ordered the opening of an investigation into the case. On June 14th, Protosevich appeared at a press conference in which Chief of the Belarus Air Force, Igor Golub, claimed that there was no intercession... No forced diversion from the state border or forced landing of the Ryan airplane. No, just a manipulated one. Pretty much. A BBC journalist present at the conference stated that Protosevich was clearly there under duress. Here's what I think is interesting. Since there were four Americans on board.
1: <laughs> Not good news for
2: them. Oh, no. The FBI investigated the incident and. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. They fed up. <laughs> they at that moment they realized. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: and on January 20th, 2022, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York charged four Belarusian officials with conspiracy to commit aircraft piracy. <laughs> the officials have not been arrested. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. So they haven't officially finished that one out, but
2: oh, they stepped foot outside of Belarus. Yeah. They,
1: their <laughs> is grass.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. But that's the whole thing, right, is that this is actually considered piracy of an aircraft and a hijacking in a lot of definitions.
2: The act was denounced by the United States, United Kingdom, European Union, NATO, and several civil aviation authorities as an act of air piracy and state terrorism, a violation of international law, including the Chicago Convention on International Civil Aviation, and an infringement of basic human rights by an authoritarian regime.
1: Yep, I would agree with all of those.
2: There is a list of different countries' reactions. I'm selfish, and I'm going to read the United States reaction. United States President Joe Biden characterized a forced diversion as a, a direct affront to international norms and called for the... In- and called the incident and subsequent video of proto shameful assaults on both political dissent and the freedom of the press and called for his release. Secretary of State Antony Blinken condemned the grounding of the flight as a brazen and shocking act and demanded an international investigation. There were American citizens on board. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg announced that the Biden administration and the FAA were assessing whether it was safe for American flagged airlines to continue to operate in Belarusian airspace. The FAA issued a notice to airmen, which is not what that's called anymore, or a note Tam, on May 28, 2021, formally advising U.S. passenger airlines to use extreme caution when flying over Belarus.
0: You know it's bad? When LL doesn't even fly over Belarus.
2: Ooh! Yeah. I'm yes.
0: looking at a, a 777 flight from Tel Aviv to Moscow. And Ooh! It, and it went around the Ukraine and Belarus.
1: Yeah. Ooh! I mean, when you infringe on our rights, Americans get real angry. I mean, mm-hmm. real angry. Ask anybody. Yeah. So, Part of the reason I'm so upset, because here you can't do shit like that. No. You just can't. You will no. get in so much trouble. Yeah.
2: They got sanctioned out the ass. That's as much trouble as we could impart. And they're getting charged right. by the FBI. I they know. But like,
1: control it, our but we can
2: government would be in the trouble. SDNY. Sorry, not the FBI. Like, yes.
1: the public would be like, absolutely not. We call for your removal. This is treason. Like, you can't do that. Yep. You can't do that. Nope. I don't care if they're wanted in 50 different states. You can't do that. You don't force them to land. You. It's like, uh, I don't know. It just makes it. Uh, it's but, a ah.
2: violation of human rights.
1: And Clearly, he was not in Belarus for a reason.
0: It breaks a lot they, of international law.
1: Yeah. And clearly, Everything they didn't
0: care. That's the whole thing, right? They really didn't. <laughs> they really didn't.
2: So there, there was a set of um, conclusions at the end of the report. Yep. Were you going to read that?
0: We can. I don't know if it really matters too much, but we can.
2: Just as a nice, like, summary, wrap this up. I'm sorry, this is a really chaotic episode and pretty unstructured, but uh, very different from what we normally cover. And I know we've said that we won't dive too much into conspiracy theories, but um, this isn't a conspiracy theory. The, most of the uh, Western countries. Westernized
1: countries are all like, bruh, this, bruh. You, you, you... <laughs> up a. A. Ron. <laughs> you really... You done goofed. You, you done goofed. Yeah. It's
0: about two solid pages of stuff Do you really want me to read all this. The conclusions and missing information, is that what you're talking about?
2: Yeah. Uh, why don't you just summarize each point?
0: That's a little hard to do. Let me read them because I haven't read them all the way through. I read a couple of them, but they're really long. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, I'll do my best to summarize some of these. So one of the things that they drew attention to was the fact that... And they paid particular attention to this. They There was the two emails sent. There was two in total. Oh, boy. One before the other. The first one would have corresponded with the diversion and them telling the airplane about the bomb threat and everything. However, that one wasn't received mm. by the airport. It was the second one. It was after they told them to divert. The hell? That was received by the airport per record. And they claimed... That there was a retention policy for the information. They said they got that email, the first one. So really, yes, we had that. But for data retention purposes, we don't have that email. Yada, yada, yada. Which, you know, for an email that important, what?
1: (laughs) I'm calling poo-poo
0: on that. Like (laughs) Like you would just let that get deleted. And then on top of that. They then said, oh, yeah, and we had phone communication with the airport authorities who did receive that first email. However, they did not provide the phone records to prove that.
1: Yeah. because Yet that's...
0: again, another hole in their explanation. Yeah. Giving them the runaround. That is simple as that.
2: By the way, I also forgot to mention, do you remember how the email was like, yeah, it's us.
1: Yeah. No,
2: it ain't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they literally denied the whole thing. They were like, no.
1: No, because it was... It, it was manufactured. It wasn't well, the
0: whole thing didn't have anything to do with them. And they were like, we're not even going to try to take responsibility well, yeah, for that. Why would we this, do that? Yeah. Like, what 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 good do we have in this? They did actually find that the claim in the email that there were people going from this forum on the airplane. There was one. I think they said there was one person on that airplane from the forum. Yes, that was true. However, that was pretty much purely by coincidence. I was Like, no, we we No, no. We wouldn't have sent that.
1: No, there's no reason.
0: They had no interest in this. Anyways. Obviously, there was no bomb.
1: No. Oh, sorry. Did we not say that explicitly?
0: Explicitly, there was no bomb.
1: They found nothing. Shocked. In
0: Belarus, in Athens, or in Vilnius, there was no evidence that there ever was a bomb. Shocked. What? They lied? (gasps) Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Speculation.
0: So they like to point out, specifically in here, they said... Knowingly communicating false information which endangers the safety of an aircraft in flight is an offense under Article 1-1 Echo of the Montreal Convention. Yeah, yeah, it is.
2: They were never able to actually attribute the emails to anyone.
0: Yep.
1: No, no state entity they, or individual. They, that's right. they weren't given the metadata for it, so they couldn't know who it was from. Yep. Again, fishy, weird. What? Not supporting an investigation? Wow, you would think if they thought there was a bomb, they'd want everyone to try to figure out who sent the email. Hmm.
0: Here's a fun one, and I'm going to read this one because this is sketch. This whole <laughs> thing is sketch. Yeah, but are you ready for this? Are you ready for this bomb? No. Ready? Oh, Sorry, bomb. Terrible. Metaphorically bomb. This is terrible, terrible, terrible. Terrible, terrible. terrible. <laughs> Pun. Anyways, quote, prior to the issuance of the report in January 2022, the FFIT was neither able to meet with nor interview the Minsk ACC controller <laughs> who was assigned to the Ryanair flight. The authorities of Belarus informed the team that this individual did not report for duty after his summer leave and that they had no information about his whereabouts and no way to contact him. He did. Subsequently, with the assistance of the authorities of the United States, the FFIT gained Access to the interview, the controller whose testimony materially contradicts the information and materials provided by the authorities of Belarus about the events of 23rd of May 2021, including with regard to the email as the origin of the bomb threat information, and reflects the involvement of an unidentified individual who had been given access to the Minsk ACC. It wasn't a real controller.
1: (gasps) No, that just proves it.
2: That proves it. And he's... Okay, this is pure speculation. I'm, I'm
0: very much going into conspiracy theories. He dead. He either dead or he literally just wasn't a controller and they won't say who it was. Which is pretty much the case. He dead. <gasps> there are a few things that happened that the crew of the Ryanair flight corroborated, which was at one point they said, they, they're saying it's code red, Right. Uh Which let me let me
2: read the exact quote because it's important. They the, they say code is red. They, they never said, said who they is. Right.
0: But that proved there was somebody else in the tower doing these communications or somebody else in the the air traffic control. Or they lied. Doing these basically coordinating this for one. And two, there was this whole thing about a controller change at some point in the middle of all of this. What? Uh-huh. There was actually a controller change about the time that they were due to enter the Belarusian airspace, which seemed a little strange. Not entirely. Like, they could have been a shift change. It could have been a change. But then, but then this happened. And they were like, hmm. Coincidence? That doesn't
1: feel. I think not.
0: That doesn't feel coincidental.
1: <laughs> Belarus is like, nah. Yep. Everything's fine. It was this crew switch. Yeah. Um.
0: I'll read this one too because this one's shorter. The authorities of Belarus did not provide the FFIT information demonstrating that attempts were made to contact the operator, being Ryanair, for the purposes of meeting the obligations contained in Annex 11.2.24.3 and Belarus ATM Aviation Regulations 15.12.9 to exchange information with the operator or its designated representative.
2: They violated the old damn
1: regulations.
0: Yeah. Just up, down, sideways, every way. They just, they didn't.
1: They're probably like, Eh, if we do it, eh. what are way, we going to do, get ourselves in trouble? Right. By the way, FFIT
2: stands for Fact-Finding Information Team.
0: Yes, that is correct. That's That was the whole basis of this, right, was that this was the ICAO was based on this fact-finding information. That's why I said that at the beginning. That's what this whole thing was. That's all it was. Their, their whole job was just finding whatever facts the they facts. actually could have yeah. in this. There was a lot of stuff that, guess what, they just weren't given.
1: <laughs> so what?
0: Belarus also— really? Belarus also wasn't necessarily helping themselves out when they just put a bunch of freaking holes in their, in their own plan, and their own story.
1: They, they were like,
0: here. They could probably disprove some things that aren't true, true here. That, that actually could be, like, it could be that some of the controllers didn't know what was going on. It could be that the rescue and security teams that showed up didn't have a clue what was going on.
2: So I, I, want, I want to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Um... There's no way that this was some Cold War era like KGB. Cuz this was too messy. Yeah. No. <laughs> no
1: way would a renowned agency like the KGB
0: mess this up that bad?
1: Yeah. No, I feel like this was the Belarusian government. Uh-huh. That was like we need to make well, a statement about yeah. this particular person. Yeah. And this was so This is so obvious. Yep. Someone, someone, they were like in a board meeting, round table.
0: Yep. Like, like the
1: meme. Yeah. They're like, we need to think of something. And someone's like, I got an idea. Right. Why don't we... Piracy. Force a plane to land. Yep. Take them L- off and just pretend there was a bomb on board. Literally pirates.
0: The The one, yeah. The one key thing that happened here that really was unfortunate above all else was the fact that the flight crew couldn't make contact with their operations center. Yeah. That
1: would have actually made they, it so that they didn't land in Mursk. Yeah, Minsk. 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 Yeah,
0: Sorry, uh, Minsk. Sorry, And they would have exited Belarus. Yeah. And they pointed that out here. They said that communications with the OCC would have been very impactful for this yeah. incident mm-hmm. and could have changed the whole situation. They also like to point out That guess what else Belarus didn't give them? Any of the video footage available for the plane side or the terminal or anything. Of course they didn't. Nope, they didn't provide that.
1: No, because it it proves that they, they, dude, (laughs) they were like, oh no, we screwed up. And then they were like, well, if we just don't give them anything, they can't do anything well they got sanctioned out the butt anyway and no one flies to in or out of belarus anymore so who's who's laughing now
0: i do love the fact that they write this in this this point though although short extracts of this video recordings had been used in a documentary type video that was shared with the team the authorities of belarus explain that not all recordings are available due to the length of time that had elapsed since the event
1: that's you would have kept that footage from that day there's no reason for you not to keep that footage.
0: They probably destroyed it, or they just didn't offer it.
1: Or it's in an office somewhere locked in a vault, mm-hmm. as per normal with that kind they, of government. they As a
0: matter of fact, they questioned Belarus on this. They said the FFIT was not provided with a satisfactory rationale to explain why records had not been preserved, considering that criminal and other investigations in respect of the event had been nit- initiated by the authorities of Belarus and had not been completed.
1: Yeah, you don't even have your proof. Yeah, and you're gonna say you don't have any footage, right? Hmm. This is an important question, and I don't think anyone's gonna know the answer. But in Belarus and in Russia, Mm -hmm. are you guilty till proven innocent?
0: Technically, no. Okay. Technically, no. However, in practice, right? Their their courts still work the same way that most of the world does. However,
1: democracy. Right. Heavy air quotes.
0: Right. There's a lot of gray area that they exploit. We'll put it that way.
1: Okay. I believe you.
0: Mhm.
1: Knowing governments.
0: Here is one thing that Belarus did provide because they were like, "No, no, 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 no. Well, no. <laughs> we don't need to be in any more trouble than we are." <laughs> From the evidence provided by Belarus, no escort or intercept occurred between the MiG-29 and the Ryanair flight. No communications by the MiG-29 was recorded on the radio channel used by the Ryanair flight. According to information provided by the flight crew and cabin crew, there was no communication, interaction, visual sighting, or other knowledge of military aircraft involvement with the flight. Make that clear because that's one big piece of misinformation that I think still floats around about this incident.
2: That's what I thought had happened. Yeah,
0: no, they were never intercepted. That was a lot, a lot of misinformation. That, that was what got headlines right away. Was Ryanair flight intercepted by fighter jets and escorted to you know cause an arrest and yada, yeah yeah yeah. That is not what happened. And actually, to the Ryanair crew's detriment, because
1: then it's then all on them because it suddenly
0: made it seem like their decision, right? But yeah, but when you pay attention you to everything that enough, was said,
1: yeah, when you don't have enough information and they're getting told not correct information, right? Then They were making the best decision that they thought for their airplane and to save the people on board. Yep. And little did they know they were being manipulated into landing.
0: Right. So, I mean... Or
1: the speculation that they were manipulated into landing.
0: So that's the whole thing. Yes. And what didn't help their case, unfortunately, too, was that the breaker wasn't pulled for the CVR.
2: Oh, yeah, I didn't mention that.
0: The breaker wasn't pulled for the CVR when they landed in Belarus, which means that it got recorded.
2: It got recorded over? No! Okay, but there was actually a pretty good reason why. Yeah. So once that is- You
0: have authorities in the airplane.
2: When the breaker is pulled for an incident, Mm -hmm. that aircraft, per Polish regulations, is not allowed to be flown again- Right. And they
0: wanted to get out.
2: Until a Polish official comes and
0: inspects. Got it. Yep.
2: And they wanted to get the f- out of there. Yes. So I
0: which did not, I get,
1: I do not poo poo that decision. No, I, however, I think was a good decision.
0: Yes. However, it did make things infinitely more complicated.
1: Yeah, it did. Cause did they give them ATC recordings?
0: No. Shocker. Of course not. That would be incriminating. <laughs> there were a little bits of recording that they did get to hear, which is why they had enough to be like, that wasn't right. But no, They weren't provided that. They had to go off of statements for pretty much everything. Hmm. Everything that I read at the beginning was pretty much statements. Wonder why. However, there were some little bits that they got from recordings. I'll read this one out, it's shorter. Some of the states connected to the event have issued formal requests to other states for information and assistance in connection with criminal and other investigations into the event. Such investigations could assist in establishing any missing facts relating to the event. In this regard, states and entities that have received such formal requests should be encouraged to respond as appropriate. And that was listed at the bottom of the report because they wanted more information in order to get more holistic answers. Right. That's it. It's a crazy thing this whole basically piracy and for lack of a better term hijacking of an airplane
1: it makes me indirect really indirect
0: hijacking of an airplane
1: really upset like really 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 upset yes i'm glad that there were repercussions on belarus after this happened mhm sucks for them boo hoo oh poor them yep. but <laughs> you can Damn. tell how how empathetic i am yeah. towards their but plight but they screwed up i mean they
0: Oh, yeah. They dug themselves a hole. They
1: dug themselves into a hole and they made that call. And uh yeah. Yep.
0: They yeah. just, man. Now that now was. I got a, a lie in it. That's it. Unfortunately, and not to get too political on this, but even since this happened, what with the war in Ukraine, the situation with Belarus has gotten worse. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because Belarus... Sides with Russia. Mighty fine friends with Russia. Not all the time. Mind you, not all the time. But they were heavily involved in the whole Wagner um, thing. You remember that, where they ousted the leader to Belarus? Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then he disappeared?
2: Yep. He disappeared.
0: And then he was put on a jet, and eventually that jet crashed. So, anyways, that's a whole other political thing we're not going to get into. But Belarus, mighty fine friends, and they used them with Russia. And the whole thing.
1: Reminds me of when that was the days of the Soviet Union. Yep.
0: One thing I will say, Belavia had a relatively modern fleet. Not super modern, but I mean, E-190s, things like that. They still do. They still have a handful. And they primarily fly them to Russia, to and from Russia.
1: They can't go anywhere else.
0: Right. So most of their fleet actually was has been leased out or given to other carriers around the world. So there's a number of the Belavia aircraft flying under other airlines because they don't have a need for them.
1: It really sucks for the people who live there. Well, yeah, like people who want to go yeah, somewhere yeah. else. Yes, of course. And they can't. All they can do is go to Russia right now. Like, that's po- it. Poor What's-His-Biscuit.
0: He
2: can't
1: leave f- Belarus ever.
0: Yeah. So you, you think about it, though. There's where there's a will there's always a way and it's actually not that complicated and I'm not saying I'm not suggesting this is a way to like get out but this is how it happens. They do still travel. However, it is infinitely more complicated, right? People from Belarus what they typically do is yes fly into Moscow or one of the other Russian, Russian cities airports, yeah. Russian airports that either Aeroflot or Belavia or S7 fly and they from there will catch either an Emirates, a Turkish, or an Air China, or a China Southern flight to China, Turkey, Dubai. Right. And you then you it. can
1: get other places.
0: And then they it. can go pretty much anywhere from there, right? It is infinitely more complicated than it used and to be. And it's probably a lot way too more expensive. expensive. Yeah. However, you'd be surprised. I see this done all the time.
1: I, You know, if you're really like, you're like, I, I need to get the hell out mm-hmm okay yeah i totally get that
0: yeah like, valid um just because they ban flying in and out doesn't mean those people's passports are necessarily banned from going other places yeah it, with visas and whatnot it's just that now their journey becomes more complicated and and, and me working in the industry you know I, I can't name specifics but i do see every once in a while crazy routings on tickets for people to get to and from certain cities on the planet
1: yeah city is that not a lot of people want to go to right now or can get to well it's like that weird like place that that youtuber went that you can only go like one plane flies in and out of there
0: oh you're talking about uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is
1: it it's not gibraltar no 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 no
0: no no, no. gibraltar is part of like on the bottom. that's africa no that's the bottom side of spain you're talking about why am i drawing a blank all of a sudden
1: it's a weird named country
0: oh now i'm gonna have to going to have to (laughs) look it up. I'm sorry. This is probably... Turkmenistan.
1: Yes! Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan Airlines.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. What a weird place.
1: Oh, man. It's so weird.
0: What a strange airline and airport and country. Interesting. Fascinating. And to be honest, I don't think that there's honestly... It's not that the people there are that bad off, per se, but it is not a super open, welcoming... Country. Country. Anyway. Anyway. That was... uh, what was it again?
1: I don't even remember what chaos. We were about. Yeah, Yeah, Ryanair. Ryanair.
0: Forty-seven eighty-nine. Forty-nine seventy-eight. Sorry, forty-nine seventy-eight. Yes, wow. I mixed up the numbers. I just I just looked at the numbers. Sorry, forty-nine seventy-eight.
1: Thanks so much for listening. This was a weird one. We know this and was
0: definitely strange.
1: Again, if you don't
0: come for us, yeah, if we you know that there's misinformation. Think
1: there's other information. We got information wrong for whatever reason. Just let us. know. I mean, yeah, probably.
0: Yes, most definitely. Almost. For
1: this. It's probably al- it's but... almost
0: impossible to get information right in this instance. Just so you know, yes, clearly, like I mean, we talk about things like they're factual, but they're not. We know that there's very little stuff like this. Fact finding investigation investigation, yeah. investigation was the only thing that we could really use that truly has some amount of factual information. However, they point out a lot of the areas where they just don't have it.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, there's only so much you can do, that's right? A, that's right. So if you have any weird things like this to have us do that have a report yeah they have to have some sort of report guys or we can't do them or you can give them to me for miranda sode and then you can check out the patreon and listen to that yep which is my very convenient plug for patreon yes uh (laughs) (laughs) good segue so yeah we got a lot of stuff on there there's miranda sodes there's post episodes which we're gonna do quickly now and there's like there's really good, funny, blooper real stuff that stuff oh, yeah. that you guys don't hear that doesn't get published that like me getting knots in my cross stitch and cussing a lot. Um,
2: <laughs> what? That, that never happens. That happens a that lot. It happened
1: like this episode. So uh, go ahead and check that out if you want to do that. Uh, all the stuff for the information's on the website or you can go to patreon.com slash podcast uh, and you can check it out. If you would like to submit a story for listener episodes, all that information is on the website. If you'd like to listen to listener episodes, you should check them out. They're pretty cool. The last one that me and Nick did was uh, pretty good. It had, yep. a, it had a three-parter in there.
0: Yes, it did. And there will be more in the next one, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yes. So, yeah. if you, I I know we've been getting a little bit more, but like if you'd like to give us more, that would be great. Yep. Okay, Um, with that, we hope you have a safe and healthy week, and we'll catch you all next week. Keep your speed up. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hard Landings Podcast and on Twitter at Hard Landings Pod. Subscribe and leave a five star review on the platform you are using to listen.
0: If you would like to see photos and sources for this episode, please visit us at Hardlandingspodcast.com, dot com, where you can also leave us feedback and ask questions.
1: This episode was researched and written by Nick and Christy and edited by The Lovely Page.
2: Our theme song was written by Miranda and performed by all three of us plus Leo.
0: And our logo is by Naomi.
2: Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.